You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Portland is a baseball town. Our secretary didn't have anybody on the phone. <laughs> there was nobody on the phone. They were just egging me along. So they bought a little short, chubby guy in with the name Peters and put him <laughs> in my place and sent me to double A ball. Two fans, one mission to bring Major League Baseball to Oregon, fueled by Guardian Games and Athletic Field Design. This is the Diamonds and Roses podcast. Without further ado, your host, Ben and Dave. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Indians Baseball. I am Harry Doyle. Yeah, you're Harry. You need a little back shave right there. But I don't know about Harry Doyle, but you're Harry. Harry like Abe. It's good to see you, man. What studio are we in today? We are in the Hit Factory Athletics studio, better known as my home. Okay, cool. And your wife hasn't kicked us out yet. So yeah, that's yeah. So the, uh, the Hit Factory Athletics, as you're well aware, is our brand new sponsor. So if you uh, if you need anything, any apparel or something, go to hitfactoryathletics.com. Check them out. Enter DR Podcast um, Pond Checkout and get 10%. So I've done it. I got some good apparel, some good gear. Um, so you check are them out. Gear, you are a gearhead. I so am that, a gearhead. Yeah, I'm, yeah. You know, I'm just uh, rocking this Benny the Beaver hat from yeah. uh, Baseballism. Like the old cool. school look. Yeah. It is. Really sweet old school look. So we have an interesting episode uh, this uh, today for everybody. And uh, but before we get to that, I'm Ben. I'm Dave. And you're listening to the Diamonds, Diamonds and Roses, Roses podcast. podcast. So we got uh, we got a local uh, person on yeah, the episodes tru- here. Yeah, truly local. I mean, local, local from from the immediate vicinity of our, where we're at. Yeah, just yeah. just down just down the way from where I am in Tualatin. Yeah. This is a this is a Sherwood guy. Yeah, I, I could take my nine iron out and hit a golf ball. Probably yeah, I've seen you hit probably not. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, okay. It's going to take more than a nine hour. Right. Anyways, um, without further ado, uh, our, our guest this episode is uh, none other than Sherwood's own Zachary Taylor. How are you doing, Zachary? I'm doing good. Thank you guys for having me on the show. Well, appreciate you taking the time. Yeah. No, I know you're super busy. He is super busy. Just got done uh, with his senior year in Corvallis. So, uh, and now you're off to uh, Canada, that is, correct? That's right. Excellent. So we'll get we'll get more into that uh, as we get further on into the episode. Uh, but we really appreciate you um, coming live from Canada and uh, taking some time to spend with us. So uh, as we like to talk about, um, we talk about your early years. Now, who like growing up uh, was like your player that you like to you know look up to for baseball, emulate, emulate, idolize, yeah. whatever. Shoot. So I was really into catching um especially growing up and probably my favorite player um was pudge rodriguez oh throwing guys out from his knees yeah yeah Yeah. i I loved and i mean yes i I was younger but i was a big tigers fan and he was kind of the reason i was a tigers fan you know i had his poster like hung up in my room Mm -hmm. um in, in my the home that i grew up in and 
just a guy that I really like to watch. I always watch highlights of him. Yeah, brought, he brought swagger to the position. He kind did. Of, yeah, he kind of had a charisma yeah. and like you know a flow about him, and he was really good. And he knew he was good, and he he just played with a lot of emotion. And I kind of I really like latched onto that. Yeah, didn't he get traded to like three different teams in like three days or something like that? Was that him? Was that Pudge Rodriguez? It could have sworn he went from like I don't know something to the Marlins. Or something to wherever, then to the Marlins, and where he stayed with the Marlins for a little bit. Then Detroit, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so, that, yeah, he was part of that. Yeah, he yeah he's a he's a good he's a good player. I really yeah. liked him. Um, just overall, good guy. Sustained consistency in his career too. Absolutely, I mean, yeah, that was cool. So would you would you say he kind of got you into wanting to be a catcher? Yeah, I think it was a little bit of that, and like you know, I just I kind of like had a. Uh, a want for the position to play the position um and especially when you're younger you know you want to be involved as much as you can when you're on the baseball field and mm-hmm. being a catcher you know you're involved with every single pitch so it was something that you know I, I think at the time when I was younger it was something that maybe not a lot of other kids could do or wanted to do and I was I had the ability you know to catch the ball whatever maybe throw it back and embrace, it kind of just kind of grew on me embrace the grind huh <laughs> right 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 yeah. and I and I think my dad, he kind of set me up with some gear, and I just, I don't know, I kind of fell in love with it, and I really started to just do it every day. So We recently had Brian Valentine, the coach from yeah, Linfield, Linfield, on, coach, yeah. and he talked about how his dad bought it. He's like, I want, to be a, I want to be a catcher, Dad. I want to be a catcher. So his dad went out and got him all this brand-new gear, and he said he used it, like, once. Yeah, expensive <laughs> gear. His dad wasn't happy. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you, but you stuck with it, and you kept using yeah. the gear, so that's good. Yeah, stuck with it. So dad was okay with that. Did yeah. he, now, did your dad, was he into coaching then? Did he did he just he work was. with you on the side, or did he coach your teams? Uh, he would coach my teams, and also, like, I kind of grew up, so I was the, you know where Valley Catholic High School is? Sure do, yeah. yeah he was the head coach there. Oh, okay. Oh, really? I, I kind of grew up around the guys around the high school program, mm-hmm. and, like, um, especially when I was younger, I was their bat boy all the time, so I was just around the game a lot, yeah. and that was actually, that's a, a fun fact, like, when I was younger, I had, so Jacoby played at Madras at the time. Right, yeah. And so he would come to the field, and there'd be, like, a big spread for him before the game because they had a long bus ride, and he would, like, toss me, like, underhand toss. That's awesome. If I could get some swings. And, again, no one knew at the time. I mean, yes, he was a really good ball player. But local. Like, local. Right, star. right. Yeah. So that's, that's a cool little, like, story. And just, that's I don't awesome. know, I think that's that's where my love for the game kind of started and just being around it constantly. Mm-hmm. So Cool. Tell us what you learned most from your dad being around him as a coach. <sighs> Oh, I would say, honestly, to just do things the right way and, you know, kind of work hard every day. I mean, the minute you start kind of cheating yourself and whatever you're doing, maybe, maybe you, you feel that day that like, oh, I, I might want to skip a rep or um, I, I don't want to do this today, even though like it's it's part of the routine and part of the process. It's like that's when you kind of start to fall behind. Mm-hmm. And just I mean, when you have that consistency in your training, you know, it kind of plays over into the game. Mm-hmm. So, so that, what, what kind of what kind of dad, dad coach was he? In terms of tone, demeanor, how did he interact with you? He was someone that would be brutally honest with me. Mm-hmm. Um, say, tell me if I did bad, um, but not in like you know a demeaning way. Okay. Just was real with me. And um, growing up, he was he was pretty hard on me. I would say, um, you know, would like kind of get into me every now and then, especially if I took something lightly or whatever we're doing. I mean. It's always like he would always be willing to work with me, especially at, he had long days at work. He would get off. I'd get off at school. We would go up to Snyder Park. We'd take ground balls. We would hit. And we probably did that every single day. Okay. Um, 
and again, like there are some times where I was just like, man, this guy's just really getting into me and I don't understand, you know, <laughs> and butt heads, of course. But at the end of the day, I was always able to like evaluate. And even after games today, I still call him and we just talk about what That's happened, cool. mm-hmm. talk about feeling and um, he, he's just kind of more of a listener now. And then kind of when I started to get into high school, he kind of let me just do my own thing. You know, that's when coaching stopped when I was about maybe actually a little before high school, probably like eighth grade. Do you think his timing was pretty good then in in reading the situation and what you needed? Absolutely. I didn't really realize what he was trying to do when I was younger, per Uh se. Um, But I kind of realized that he knew that, you know, I could I could be like this could be a game that I could play for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, And now I kind of realize that I'm so thankful that I'm older now and that he pushed me how he did when I was younger. Mm -hmm. I really thought it kind of set the table for like, you know, the next level going into college, high school, college and then play it now. Excellent. We always like to ask this question, too. What was your first major league game or, you know, your first intimate, uh, you know, relationship with major league baseball? What was that like for you? And where, you know, was it at a major league park or was it, you know, on TV? Kind of what was that like for you? Shoot, so fun fact, um, I never went to a game at Safeco, and the, my first time being in a major league park, I played there in high school, it was this thing called the Mariner Cup, mm-hmm. so it takes some of the best players from like the Northwest, and we'll, they put two teams together, and you'd play like in the summer, like later in the summer, and I was, I think I was a junior in high school, um, going into my senior year. And um, I got a, that was the first time I've been to a big league park. That's pretty cool. You it play was, on the field. was eye-opening. I mean, the surface just looked – I mean, it looked like a cathedral. I don't even know how else to describe it, you know. Awesome. And for me, that was special, especially just – I was never a huge Mariners fan, but, you know, them being the local team, it's just like this is, this is awesome. Like I felt like a kind of like a kid in a candy store kind of mm-hmm. thing. That's so, cool. Um, just, just an unbelievable, like, experience and – um and i ended up hitting like a home run that day and oh nice uh, so wow it, it was just i'll never forget that sure hmm. oh yeah so your little league your little league teams uh, you were playing sherwood sherwood area your little league did you start out like that was it was jbo jbo okay yeah. so you're playing jbo starting at like maybe fifth grade somewhere in there or like uh well yeah i mean i moved to sherwood in, when i was in sixth grade oh okay okay gotcha where from I'm from Beaverton. Oh, okay. Because okay. of yeah. the Catholic like, thing. Okay. Yeah, and uh, I would have gone to Aloha High School, actually. So that's – my dad kind of got relocated with his job. And, again, they kind of wanted me to be in um, a different school district. Right. And Sherwood at that time, I mean, it was a lot smaller than it is even now. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. It was more up and coming, and there wasn't the new high school yet. And so – Real quick, what's yeah, different the, community? Yeah. What's what's JBO um, for those that don't know? The Junior Baseball Organization. Yep, it is. Yeah. Okay. And JBO, I, it was just big in Oregon. Um, there's still little league, like with like Murray Hill and stuff, but yeah. yeah, especially in our area, it was it was just JBO, and it's more like true. It's more true baseball, I would say. Right. You're not. You're not. You're not seeing 13, 12, 13 year olds playing 60, 60s ball, right, with no leadoff right. or anything. It, yeah, and you they, can lead off. And right, you transition to, to more M70s, uh, M70 style baseball a lot earlier, right, with right. leadoff, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about, like, you know, your youth. At what point were, you know, I mean, you, did you start playing catcher, like, immediately, or was that something that you built in and you're playing some other position? I, I would say it was probably immediately. 
Mm-hmm. And it was kind of it was going between there. I always take ground balls, you know, at shortstop, especially when you're younger. And then, yeah, it was it was really those two. It was always taking ground balls at short. That's what I remember growing up. And then it was just getting my catching work in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I did a little bit of catching when I was in high school. And I don't mm-hmm. know if you saw like the Mighty Ducks. I always thought of myself as like Goldberg the goalie, like trying to yeah. like stop balls and stuff. <laughs> but uh, I, I just. I like the, um, for me personally, you know, uh, catching, I like the feeling of being behind the plate and being able to see everything in front of me and you know, just sometimes being able to throw people out at a base or something or just, you know, working with the catcher and having that like one-on-one, um, right. you know, is, were you, did you have like kind of like a similar kind of feeling when you were catching or kind of, or what was that like for you? Controlling the game. Absolutely. I think that's, probably one of my favorite parts of the position now of course like the physical skill of like receiving and blocking and throwing um but being able to you know you can read swings you can read bat pass you develop tendencies on guys like you get scouting reports and you can use that to your advantage mm-hmm. um, and also factoring in what's working for your guy on the mound that day um, where he can command his pitches, if if he's good with one pitch, if he's not good with another, and you kind of factor that into your game plan. Um, and then it's also it's just kind of a continual like conversation with the pitcher, mm-hmm. uh, asking what he likes, what he doesn't like, picking his brain between innings and and such. And um, it's probably one of my favorite parts of the game. Yeah, and especially having that that trust factor that you got to build with you know your pitchers and and the coaches too to like let them know you know what you're talking about you know what you're doing and you exactly. help make those decisions so yeah intellectual nuances of baseball uh you know in terms of playing catcher you're a pretty good student in school yes Where yes kind yep. of kind of ties, ties together yeah i mean I was, it says uh, on the oregon state website he got a 3.90 gpa hey that's, that's not bad that's pretty good yeah did you were you uh were you singularly focused on baseball or did you play any other sports oh i played basketball and football growing up too did you really yep i played cool. football years at Sherwood I oh. I loved football probably in high school that was probably my favorite sport you were running that crazy offense huh at Sherwood oh they had yeah. the wing tee baby the wing tee in Sherwood yeah that was <laughs> what was your position in football I was a tight end and then I was an outside linebacker kind of like slash dn depending mm-hmm. on the package we ran that yeah. week were you a gronk tight end <laughs> I think yeah, throw... would... tight end, but then he never threw the ball so I mean <laughs> he wouldn't throw the ball and if I got a pass it'd be like maybe a 30 or 40 yard bomb so yeah okay yeah, I'm sure they didn't throw the ball. That, that's a football community right there. Yeah. Yeah, big time. So uh, it said that you were um, on the National Honor Society mm-hmm. uh, when you were in high school. And obviously, like we said, you just got a, you got a really great um, GPA. I did read that you were the t- number 10 uh, baseball prospect in Oregon by Baseball Northwest. Yeah. And that you were ranked number 367 nationally by Perfect Game. Um that 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 had to you know what did that mean to you i mean did that was that anything or is it just like yeah you know it's just another number and you know i'm gonna play my game the way that i play my game and be the best at it yeah i mean get those evaluations you know from whether it's baseball northwest or perfect game playing in their events um i didn't really play in a ton of perfect game events growing up to be honest i maybe played in one tournament in arizona um but other than that really it was just playing local tournaments um i played all my club ball with portland baseball club cool. okay um i know the owner really well really really good family friend and that was kind of, i feel like that was my way that i really got some good exposure 
um, especially to colleges, you know, playing at bigger tournaments um, and the Kurt Daniels and the Randy Pugh and uh, things like that. So, so those rankings are based on the number of exposures, what type of exposures and number of exposures. So they can be a little bit, a little bit, I guess, uh, not not totally insightful because some players have so many more opportunities or so many different kinds of exposures. Exactly. So numbers can be a little suspect. Right. And say, I mean, if you're only going to one event, it's like right. how you get a true reading, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so yeah. You, you take that with a grain of salt, huh? Exactly. You, you yeah. can't look far into it. Sure. At what point, um, you know, where you really start to think to yourself, you know, I, I can play this game at the, the next level, which is the collegiate level at this point. I could play this game and play it well at the collegiate level. And, you know, what? when was that? I would say my junior summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was playing in some bigger tournaments around the Northwest, and I was doing really well, especially against good talent. Um, and I was starting to get looks and talking to some coaches, and I made the area code games. Um, and, the, I mean, that, that did a lot. I didn't play very well there at all, but just kind of being invited to that um, and being on a state. That was my first, like, probably – my first time being on a field with a, like a lot of national, you could say, prospects. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was pretty eye-opening to me because that kind of made me realize, okay, like you really got to elevate your game a little bit. There's some guys that can really play. Um, so I would, I, I would say my junior summer because mm-hmm. I had a good summer, and that's the summer I ended up committing to. So yeah. So you're so in terms of physical growth, and then also kind of a, a skill development. Were you an early bloomer, late bloomer? I mean, kids, it's so different, you know, what happens between 14 and 15 versus with some kids at 17, 18. So talk about that a little bit in terms of both physical growth and then like a, a like a, 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 Mental a burst and a yeah. bloom of like skill development. Yeah. I would say physical growth, I was probably pretty early. I was always a bigger kid growing yeah. up. Uh-huh. Um, and then I kind of got through an awkward stage and sure. Well, you know, I was like, I had, I was kind of long and lengthy, like I am now, but like my body, I was still baby face, um, didn't really develop at all. So that's like ninth grade year. Yeah. 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 So, but the, I mean, the skill was there and like, I, I could play a little bit, but the coordination took a, took a year or two to catch up. Right. Exactly. And then you start doing different, like, you know, you start getting your speed and agility workouts in and you can get in the weight room a little bit and that's when you can kind of start to take off. At what point did you start getting in the weight room, start, you know, trying to build the, the muscle mass to, you know, improve all around. So that way, you know, you're just not having relying upon like a specific muscle. You're building all these muscles in your body to help you be better. Yeah. I mean, I always, so early on in high school, we would lift in summer workouts for football and I did that. But again, I was playing a lot of baseball, so I wasn't at a ton of workouts in high yeah. school. I would say my junior year, um, I really started to kind of take that seriously. And it wasn't even so much like in the weight room. Looking back, it should have been like more just co- like your main like compound lifts, like just squatting and deadlifting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would have helped me a ton. But um, I didn't have like a ton of insight on that. And so I did a lot more like speed and agility work, uh, a lot of a lot of quickness stuff. Um, my Really my junior summer and then going into my senior year. It's funny you see how much how much the understanding of the impact of weight, the type of weight training has changed even in the last six or seven years since your freshman year of high school. You know what I mean? In terms of what's best for certain sports and how specialized and how specific it is. And it's changed. It's huge. You you watch. I guess I could just put it this way. And that's the one thing that I would change if I if I could go back. You mm-hmm. could say, do it again. I mean, you can't. But that would be getting in the weight room earlier and like really like pushing yourself and like 
because that's something that you can control and change is like yes. your body mass. And especially in high school, I don't think guys like kids understand, like the more that you can get in the weight room and, and change your body, it, you'll have such an edge on everyone else that you're playing. Mm-hmm. You want to hit a ball, like say they do on TV or you see these bombs that are just massive. It's like, they, yes, they have good swings that play, but I mean, those guys are physical specimens, you know, yeah. like, there's a reason they're hitting the ball that far. It's because their body can allow them to do that. Yeah. So you have a, a million dollar swing, but if if you're not in shape and and uh, you know you you can't swing the bat because you're physically not able to, then it's not going to work. You know, you're only going to hit the ball so far and throw the ball so hard. Mm-hmm. So I, that's that's what I would say to all the high school kids like out there, just to get in the weight room early. Right. And so many high school kids, it's, you know, they're going to go bench press two or three times a week. Right. 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 That, that's what, that's what lifting weights looks like yeah. to them. I talk to kids all the time. Oh yeah. You're lifting what two or three times a week. You go in and do like maybe four or five sets of bench. Like, you know, right. it's, it's, it's the understanding of what, what that really is. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Consistency and the, and the different forms and this yeah. and that. Yeah. Well, you mentioned his junior year, uh, uh, you know, the, the stats of your junior year were really impressive. I mean, it, it looks like you hit 355 your junior year with nine doubles, two home runs, and 16 RBIs. I mean, you, you really, based on some of the statistics, I mean, you really took off your junior year from, you know, like what you were saying, and um, that, you know, and I think your overall high school average, bat, batting average was like 326. He had 40 doubles, That's one awesome. triple, six home runs, I think uh, 11 stolen bases, maybe more, and then 91 RBIs. So were you you hitting the ball to all fields, kind of hitting it to where it was pitched, or were you, were you trying to pull a little bit, or what was yeah, that? Yeah, I probably pulled the ball a little bit more in high school. Yeah. Um, I would I would go right center every now and then, but oh. yeah, I mean, in high school, I kind of got away with it. You know, I could get on the plate a little bit, and um, I mean, pitching in, the, in our league at the time, it wasn't that great, so... Um, did, yeah, you play, I, did you play varsity ball as a sophomore? Yeah, I played it as a freshman. Played played, you played years. as a freshman. Yeah. How was that transitioning from youth baseball and your club experience to varsity ball as a freshman at a big school? Um, I would say like? that I played club ball because that helped me a lot. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't. I don't think the transition was that big. It was just more getting over the fact that like, okay, I'm so much younger than some of these guys. I felt yeah. like, at the, and like, I it's almost like feeling prove yourself in a sense when really it's like just you just go out and do what you do. Mm-hmm. And that'll take over. And I mean, I, I felt like I was there for a reason, you know, and I could play the game at that level. So let's talk a little bit about the recruiting process that you, mm-hmm. you, you went through and, and kind of what that, um, that experience was like at what, so my first question on that was, is at what point did uh, college coaches start recognizing you um, and your talent? My junior summer, um, especially after the area code tryout. Um, and again, I played well that summer and there's, there's always, there was always college coaches at our tournaments. Um, but again, I was a Beaver fan growing up and that was, that was kind of my goal. I really wanted to play at a, at Oregon state specifically. Um, and I didn't really have any offers early on. Um, summers were just mediocre. You know, I was always like a good player, but just not a lot, not a ton of, um, attention from coaches. And then I came Oregon state. I was talking to Bales, actually. He was the guy that recruited me. And initially, I was asking about people, like, behind the plate for my class. And at the time, like, they didn't have any money um, for catchers um, in my class. And so I asked him, I was like, okay, well, I threw the idea out. What about maybe, like, corner corner infield? Like, I can play first and third. And he's like, honestly, he's like, 
I mean, I can't give you a straight answer right now because we haven't really seen you play a ton. And then that summer I ended up, I kind of went off and I just had a really good summer and, um, that I played in a, I played in a tournament I know, and I, this might be my claim to fame, but Lou, I was actually playing against Luke Heimlich's team. Oh, no way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was playing against Taylor baseball and I ended up, I, I, I hit a bomb him? off did you, him. Did you face him? Throw him? Oh, I, so you I did. Him. I did. I always had, I always had good at bats like off him too. That's I mean, crazy. He, he carved against our team, but I think I had a home run to left field at Clark. Oh, and Bill Bales was there and some of the college coaches That's were there. Cool. And I think I, I feel like from then on, like that kind of helped me, you know, propel myself. And, um, I ended up actually, then I had the area code tryout. Yeah. Um, I talked to Jay Ulam from Oregon and he was the first guy that recruited me. And I actually visited Oregon and Oregon state in the same day. And then no I committed to state that day. That's cool. Yeah. So, so you, do you guys want to, did you, you want a title? Uh, in, what, what year was that? You guys want to want a title at Sherwood? 2012. Was that, that your junior year? That, no, that was my sophomore year. Sophomore year. So that that probably put a, I mean, obviously club ball having the bigger impact, but that might have put a little spotlight on you and got you a little more attention, right? Yeah. I mean, winning games, you know, yeah. whether at, at any level, I mean, it, that sure. helped. So. That had to be a pretty cool experience. Oh, yeah. No, that was awesome. That was my first time, you know, playing for like a state championship. So. Yeah. I got to go back to the Luke home run. Did you, did you give him some crap on you during, during the time you were there and say, hey, remember, I hit a home run off you? Yeah, no, and uh, Coach Yeski would always kind of bring that up to him, be like, hey, you always have good at-bats. Remember, you've taken, you've got Luke's number, you know? That's awesome. <laughs> always give him crap about it, but. Yeah, he was almost unhittable in college. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that, that's pretty yeah. funny. Um, so, uh so you commit. You went to or you went to both Oregon and Oregon State on the same day, mm-hmm. and you committed to Oregon State on that day. Um, did you have any any interest from other schools other than the two in-state, or were you just kind of primarily focused on the two in-state schools? It was really just the in-state schools, and that was those were really my only like offers. So, okay. huh. yeah. and I ended up. I mean, I committed just right after. So it's no brainer. Yeah, that's cool. Let's. Um, Let's let's jump into what advice you would give high school students now who mm-hmm. are going through this process themselves or are about to go through. What would what would be some uh, advice you'd give them? As in the recruiting process? Yeah. yeah. First off, the biggest thing is you don't need to go to these like highly touted events. Perfect game, things like that. Great company and everything. And I, I think they put on good events, but to a certain degree, you don't need to just travel around the country all year long. Um, if you're good enough, coaches will find you and you will get recruited. I think there's an element of you can reach out to coaches and be diligent about talking to coaches. Um, absolutely promote yourself. It's, it's pretty easy to, you can make a quick recruiting video, take a few swings, take some ground balls, or if you're behind the plate, block some balls, throw some balls. If you're in the outfield, throw some balls, throw some bases, just something that's quick and short that you can send out when you're emailing coaches and, um, you're talking to them. And then also, um, I mean, high school baseball around Oregon, you know, I, you, they have summer leagues for the high school teams. But um, you can also there's some great local club teams um, mm-hmm. that you can play around. You can play in some bigger tournaments in the Northwest specifically. I never really ne- left the Northwest when I was playing in high school. So and I didn't really need to, I felt like so. Right. Baseball's huge in Southwest Washington. You can go up it, there and play. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's where all the good club teams are. So yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. You don't you don't need to travel far and spend all this money. Just be diligent. Don't burn any bridges with any coaches. Mm-hmm. 
I would say that's a big thing too. Whether it doesn't matter if they're a big school guy, if they're a small school, don't just because you want to go to a division one school. First off, that might not always be the best fit. And second off, you don't just want to push someone under the carpet just because they're a small school guy or they're a JC mm-hmm. coach. The baseball community is very small and everyone knows everyone. If you're going to turn your back on one guy and, and be disrespectful to him, that's going to get around and that doesn't mm-hmm. like good on your character, you know? Did you did you know of anybody personally, and I, I'm sure you're bringing this up for a reason, but did you know anybody personally that did that and may have cost them? Um, you don't you have know, to mention any names. Yeah, but... <laughs> no, I'm not mentioning any names, but did you know of anybody personally? I mean, not maybe not off the top of my head. I can think of, I can think of maybe a few guys that I've played against that I didn't know super well that maybe went to a bigger school and it ended up like say it didn't work out and they got cut in the fall. Mm-hmm. Then it's like those guys that burn bridges. It's like okay, well, where are you going to go to play? You where know, you fall yeah. back on. Yeah. yeah, it's like you just you didn't like that coach that tried to recruit you. That's down the road, but now you're not playing ball. And what, you think you're just going to go back to him and think you can play at a school all of a sudden? Like, try to be all buddy-buddy with him? It's like, it doesn't work like that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and baseball baseball coaches have memories. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. It's, it's, Unlike it's, me, yeah. you know? <laughs> they do. They, they, they do. They're, that's one thing we've learned. It's a small community, yeah. and they yeah. all remember. <laughs> yeah. All right, before we take a quick break, I got three questions. Three questions to get to know Zach a little bit better. The first question is, if we were on a road trip, what would you be listening to on the radio or, you know, either streaming to the radio or listening to the radio? Ooh. I would probably be on Apple Music. I'd probably listen to, um, you know how Apple Music has maybe like a top 100 mm-hmm. for country? I'd probably listen to, a, uh, I like country music, so that's probably my oh. go-to. What, what, what artist specifically? Oh, um, I'm a, I'm like, I'm old school country. I'm like a Johnny Cash kind of guy. Oh, wow. Myself. Okay. I, I'm more, honestly, I'm, I'm a little more like new school. Um, I really like Darius Rucker. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. My generation calls him Hootie. Yeah. I'm okay. A, okay. I'm a nineties guy. We say Darius, we say Hootie. Yeah. So. We say Hootie. Yeah. yeah. Hootie. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. Um, here's a, another interesting question. What's the most useless talent you have? For me, and let me just let me say, for me, I like to recite like movie quotes just stupidly off the top of my head. I'm always doing that, as Dave's well aware. Yeah. Okay. Uh, useless talent. Shoot. Um, flipping. Yeah. Whatever that is. Um. Passing the time of the dugout talent. Whatever. Yeah. There's got to be something that you do with passing right. the time of the dugout. Like a, a niche or a claim to fame. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, I can juggle pretty well. Oh, really? Man, that's legit. Yeah. Nice. One handed juggling, two handed juggling. I can do both. Oh wow, wow. that's yeah. legit. I can't. I can't really do. I have a hard time with four balls. Three, I can do it. I can do it pretty easy. Mm-hmm. I can that's do one handed. Cool. It's yeah. What about you, Dave? What's your most useless talent? Um, basically, let's see. Um, I can daydream for long lengths. I can space out and not pay attention for long lengths of time. <laughs> that's, that's, what my, a, that's what my wife says. That's so just I, a man thing, right, though. Right. Come on. I cannot listen for big chunks of time. <laughs> what? Well, yeah. Um, so the last question before we take our brief break, what superpower would you like to have and why? <sighs> Random, dude. Yeah. It's to get to know him a little bit better. Absolutely. I'd want to fly. Yes. 100 percent not if, invisible okay, if it fly. wasn't and if it wasn't flying i'd want to be in, like have invisibility okay nice that's cool you want invisibility don't you i believe i can fly i believe i, I can touch the sky yeah i would like to um i mine would be flying or 
it would be like running really, really fast. Ooh, I'd be cool. Like in Incredibles, like the little yeah, yeah. can like run like really, really fast. I love the scene where he's like, Dad's telling him, slow down, slow down, because he's running too fast for the, uh, the little uh, track and field games. So uh, with that said, uh, we'll take a quick break and have a word from our sponsor. Sick of overpriced apparel and equipment? Looking for a company who prides themselves in quality products and services? Look no further than our friends at Hit Factory Athletics. Created by a pro ball player, born purely from the love of the game, they exist to serve players and fans of the game. Take it from me, Ben. Hit Factory Athletics prides itself in quality and service. Head on over and check them out at www.hitfactoryathletics.com. That's www.hitfactoryathletics.com. At checkout, enter promo code DRPODCAST. That is D-R-P-O-D-C-A-S-T and receive a 10% discount upon checkout. Join the legends with Hit Factory Athletics. Zach Taylor in the fifth inning leading off against Eric Miller. His first of the season. Little hang and slider, and he just deposits this into left field. Great swing of the bat. Taylor. And he hits it into right, brings in the fifth run. And a big security blanket for Kevin Abel, Pat Casey, and the Beavers. And the Beavers are on top of the college baseball world again. All right, we're back. Um, we're here with Zachary Taylor, uh, former Oregon State Beaver. Um, so Zach, uh, we just got done talking about uh, your your high school career and a little bit of um, up through to college recruiting. Now, uh, one of the one question I have before we really dive into your your college career was you wore the number sixteen in college, uh-huh. and can you was there any kind of meaning behind the number sixteen by any chance? There really wasn't. I was just, it was kind of given to me in my locker my freshman year, and I just stuck with it. Mm-hmm. You were you were that guy who was going to start coming in with demands, right? You're playing Beaver baseball. No demands here. Absolutely <laughs> not. I could care less. That's yeah. cool. Talk, talk and share with us a little bit about um, your first experience with the program. Or at Oregon State? Yes. Like fall ball or summer ball before fall ball, or what, what did that look like? Um shoot i would say fall ball my freshman year is kind of it was eye-opening um my one of my fondest memories and might not necessarily be a good memory but so at the time i was i came in as a third baseman and a first baseman mm-hmm. i was taking ground balls like the first day of practice it was me bryce femmel which he's a pitcher right mm-hmm. yeah. he came in as a two-way and then it was caden grenier and oh, yeah. caden, caden as you know he was our shortstop first round pick Great player, yeah. So Bryce and I are taking ground balls, and we're watching Caden like do just great glove and plus arm, and we're looking at each other like, dude, we're gonna need to find a new spot on the field. <laughs> I don't think we can play here. Because <laughs> you're used to being kind of the big fish in the small pond, and now it's kind of reversed a little bit. And you now know? it's like you're 18. Oh man, you're the yeah, you're the best player at your high school, but now it's like you're getting a ton of guys that are the best player in their area. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. come together, and it's like, holy cow. Yeah, yeah, he was a heck of a shortstop. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so, so uh, you get out there, you're you're playing with all these guys in fall ball, and uh, you know what was that? You know what was that first experience like in your during your first game? Did you uh, did you redshirt freshman year? No, I didn't. You played you played right away. Yeah. Well, uh, I didn't. I didn't really play a ton my first well, two years. I would say um, I got like eight or nine at bats my freshman year. That's still pretty mm-hmm. cool. 
but yeah, it was it was kind of a different situation because I was basically the backup catcher my okay. freshman year. Um, I didn't catch it all, but uh, Logan Ooh. Ice. Okay. Oh, Logan Ice. Yeah. 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 He's he, good. He, he was really the guy good. freshman year, and um, yeah, I, I would get some like spot at bats um, here and there, and um, my I think my first hit in college was at San Diego. Mm-hmm. Very um, cool. So it was like a little ground ball, like a 16 hopper through the six hole. But see, I was, seeing I, was pumped. I was pumped. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Were you a little nervous your first at bat? Had a little, you know, or just like really, really excited getting up there? Oh, yeah. It's just, it's funny because you make the game bigger than it is. You're like, I'm playing for Oregon State. We're playing against a Pac-12 school or whoever it may be. And really, it's like, it's the same game. I mean, it's nothing like, right. just because it's on a bigger stage, nicer mm-hmm. field, like, you know, maybe you have some better uniforms. It's really all the same. Yeah, but getting that first one out of the way, that had to be nice. Oh, it felt good. Yeah. Yeah. And what would um, your first home game? You know, what was you know coming out onto the field? What was that? What was that experience like for you? That first home game? It's just surreal. Like you watch games growing up all the time, and um, you understand like kind of the the history of the culture and you know what's instilled at Oregon State, and just like realizing that you're a part of that now. Um, mm-hmm. it, that's probably the best feeling. Yeah. So. And uh, how was it? How was it playing for Coach Casey? Um, you know, while you were there, like, kind of like explain to us that you know, really don't get to see him like one on one basis. Like, you know, what that coaching experience was like under him. Right. Honestly, I would say, and people always ask me like, what made him such a great coach? I was like, the biggest thing I could say is he makes you believe that you can do things that you didn't think you could do. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's the only way I can put it. And I mean, he he's hard he'll he'll be hard on you he'll you know he'll rub you the wrong way like he he's a coach that really like wears his emotions on his sleeve and that's just the way that he coaches and like Mm -hmm. he'll he knows how to make every guy tick that's for sure so you've probably experienced coaches where you know they're trying to pump up your confidence but you can tell there's there's not a lot of legitimacy behind it right right where so the difference between him is you you believe that you 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 believe uh, that confidence that the coach has in you and you believe what you're saying. You've probably been able, you've had enough coaches to where you can kind of smell the difference. Absolutely. So like at the end of the day, sure. He'll ride you hard and, you know, get on to you, but you know that he's got your back too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he makes that apparent, you know, like he, he'll fight for his guys. And, um, and I knew that and I started to realize, you know, how he's how he goes about things and how he coaches and that's when it kinda of took off for me. Were you allowed to to make some mental mental and physical errors in, in that growth process between eight and nine, eighteen and nineteen? I mean, there's an expectation. Mm-hmm. But what what was the balance between kind of patience with mental and physical errors and the the expectation of performance? Talk yeah, about I mean, that balance. You're, you're you're gonna make errors. They're inevitable. Yeah. Like, even mental errors, you wanna try to limit those, but those are gonna happen too. And it's just kind of going along and just learning along the way. You know, you, I feel like the best way to learn is you got to go through it at some point, you know, you got to mm-hmm. get your feet in the water and just go for it. But, um, did, what was your biggest area? What were your biggest areas of growth that, that your, your freshman year of college personal growth is freshman year. I would say when I honestly got into summer ball, it's the first time where it's like, I got, a, I got consistent at bats and, um, I, I kind of took off and I got some confidence, you know? Um, and then even my sophomore year, I, I didn't play a ton. I played when KJ got hurt basically. Okay. I'm um, at first base. KJ, and, right. Was KJ, KJ Harrison, KJ Harrison. Yeah. KJ Harrison. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm, pl- I'm placing some of these old beavers. Gotcha. Sorry about that. And then 
then I would say my junior years, I, I ended up starting um, at first base, and I, I started off pretty well, and I was doing good, and I hit a point where I, I kind of slumped pretty hard. Mm-hmm. And I came out of the lineup a little bit, and, you know, case kind of got on me a little bit. I realized things I needed to change. I ended up getting back in the lineup. Um, and then our postseason run, I mean, I, I played really well. I hit around yeah, like hundred, so mm-hmm. had some, had some good at bats. And, um, I think I would say my junior year getting through that kind of that low point really kind of propelled me. Yeah. I remember watching you guys, your, the small ball game, laying down bunts and I'm mm-hmm. a huge I love small ball. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of people don't appreciate it, but man, a good, good small ball game is just, I love that, you know? Yeah. And I, I mean, game. that was my job. I was, I was the first baseman hitting the nine hole. So it's like. Right. My goal is to just turn the lineup over. Yeah, and you were cool with that. I mean, yeah, I was good with that. I mean, anyway, awesome. I could play, and I mean, I knew I knew the kind of team we had and our chance of just winning a national championship. You know, like we all yeah. good. So, yeah, talking about um, national championships, you know, you're at a school and you're under a, a a realm that you know they were competitive year in year out, and not a lot of you know college athletes get that opportunity to you know be repetitive to continue going to the playoffs and being you know in positions where that you were in and that the beavers were in year in year out well yeah. you know what that first time you know making it to omaha what was that what was that experience like that was awesome i mean such a that's what you kind of work it, it kind of puts some validation on like what you do all year long i mean going through a fall in college baseball isn't easy you know you got your class work yeah. You're getting up for 6 a.m. weights all the time. And uh, clearly there's days where you're just not feeling it. You're like, I would rather be doing something else. And it kind of puts into perspective. You're like, holy cow, you're a top eight team in the nation. You know, you get to play at this wonderful ballpark. And it's such a good experience. I think it's one of the best um, college like championship venues for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a special experience. I wish every college baseball player could get to experience what Omaha's like. Okay. That kind of discipline between uh, the baseball expectations and balancing academics, that's uh, that takes a lot of uh, a lot of focus and self determination. Mm-hmm. Did, did you did you adjust pretty quickly, or did that take a take a year or two? Honestly, I would say I would I would say it took a year. I mean, I did I did well my I did well my college career, but it's kind of eye opening. Like your freshman sophomore year, you know, expectations are a little bit different in college, and yeah. uh, you're kind of expected a little bit more, which you should be. Um, it's higher education and um but no it after your freshman year you kind of get settled in you understand how classes work and schedule mm-hmm. when things are due so yeah i don't think he had a easy curriculum either i mean he was a psychology you know psychology major from what i'm right. reading him so that's not that's not you know an easy field at right. all I right look at some, i look at some of these uh, some of the majors of d1 baseball players you know uh not to knock any conferences sec uh, but like uh, I, I wanted, I, there, there's definitely a rigor difference in certain majors. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and say that straight up. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a rigor difference. Yeah, but you were obviously more of an academic. Based yeah, on yeah, high school yeah. And whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. I appreciate that. Um, so tell us, you know, because I really wanted this. What's, what's a day like in, in the life uh, playing at in Omaha for, um, you know, in the College World Series? What's, what's a day like for an athlete there? Shoot. I mean, you probably wake up whenever maybe eight or nine, um, you have like a buffet kind of breakfast. They set us, they set us up really nice. Um, and then say you're playing at maybe like, say you're playing at five, five, five thirty. probably get to the field. Um, so you kind of do the rest of your day. You might have lunch around like 12 and that's, you're kind of just chilling in your hotel room. And then around like one, I would say 
um, I would go with a group of guys. We would meditate. Uh, meditation was, was big for our team, um, mm-hmm. especially the national championship team. A ton of guys did it. Um, yeah, you get dressed, go meditate, take off on a bus, say maybe at like 2.15. Mm-hmm. You get a police escort to the field. No way. Wow. <laughs> Every team did. That's cool. Um, get to the field, get a chill in your locker for a little bit, get your stuff on. Go out to the field, you go through BP, you take ground balls, um, and you come back in. I would meditate again personally for like hmm. eight minutes. And then you kind of get your stuff on. You you go out, you do the national anthem, and you go play ball. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about that 2018 title run. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, there are some up and down moments that Oregon State had. And, you know, that miss, was it LSU, the, the guy from LSU that missed the ball on the first baseline, no. like a foul line? Or was it the... No, that was against Arkansas. Arkansas, yeah. Arkansas, yeah. yeah that, or no, Mississippi State. Was that Mississippi State? No, that was Arkansas. That was like, Arkansas, oh. Arkansas. It was Arkansas, yeah. Yeah, like what... The, the triangle, the, the, the great yeah. triangle, yeah. Yeah, like what was that, that moment like, you know, we, I mean, just for that individual? Just knowing that, I mean, I think things happen for a reason. And, you know, I knew once we got a second chance, like, we weren't going to, you know, we were going to miss that opportunity. That was, that was uh, yeah, I had, I had buddies over. We, we, we watched the games religiously. It was just, mm-hmm. uh, uh, a lot of them were Oregon State grads. They, they were like superstitious, wouldn't let people move from the couch certain spots. And it was, yeah, people screaming at people. It was insane. It was that's lovely. funny. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was a, that was a, a cool run to watch. You played in, uh, so you played your junior year. You guys made the World Series your sophomore year, your freshman year. Was My that, sophomore uh, year. Yeah. So that you got two experiences in Omaha. That's pretty yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people can say that. That's no, no, not at all. Yeah. Did you? Um, I guess uh, what was the the, the mentality? What was the? Uh, I guess from the the older players, were you receiving like calls as as a team from some of the older players that had been there previously? You know, just sharing like their experience, like, hey guys, you know, this is what it is. Um, like honestly, not really. I think we were all pretty experienced after our sophomore years. Um, mm-hmm. I think having that experience in Omaha is huge. Um. And so we kind of knew what to expect. And I think at the second time around, we were just ready to go and just prepared and knowing that we could, we had a good chance to win the whole thing. So, okay. Um, a couple more questions. And before, you know, before we get into real quick into MLB to PDX. Yeah. Um, so your, so your senior year, you're a team captain. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, you had, it was up and down a little bit for you. Um, but Bob Lundenberg wrote, uh, who's a freelance reporter for Oregon Right about you, he said Zach Taylor is a team is as team first as they come, and he called you a true professional. Uh-huh. Uh, even Coach Bailey wrote about said about you when you have players that are playing and they still work hard, they don't complain, and they're great teammates. That's a coach's dream. What you know? What do those words mean to you? Yeah, I mean that that means a lot. That I think that reflects on on my character, and I, you know I value that highly and how especially how my teammates and coaches think of me. I mean, when you're in a, when you get involved and you sign up to be in a team sport at the end of the day, it's really not about you and individually and how you're doing and say, I mean, clearly I had a rough season my senior year. Um, but again, it's not about me. I can't, you know, I can't pout and be bitter about it. You know I mean? we still got to go out and play games and whether I'm playing or not, I mean, you still owe yourself, you owe it to yourself, you owe it to your teammates and your coaches to, you know, be, you got to be the best teammate you can be and support them. And playing multiple sports growing up probably influenced that. Gave you a oh, perspective yeah. that a lot of kids don't have. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So you're done this. You're done with college now. You've you've graduated from OSU. What do you do? What are you doing this summer? I'm actually in. I'm in Canada right now, specifically in Okotoks in Alberta. Uh, okay. What's what's your day like? What's your week look like? What's that all about? So I actually just flew in yesterday. Um, okay. I had a long day. I had about like 12 hours of travel, and then I played oh, a game man. last night. Oh, you played uh, a game last night? How'd it go? Yep. I caught last night. We we won like seventeen or eighteen to one. Something no like way. that. No way. So yeah. so apparently it went well. What's the team yeah. name? Yeah. What's your team? The Okotoks Dogs. Okotoks Dogs. Okotoks. We're gonna check, we're gonna check, we're gonna yeah. check those out. Do they have a live feed? You know. They do have a live game? feed. Oh, cool. Okay. It's a it's a big deal here. We hold about like oh, yeah. five thousand, six thousand people a game. Oh yeah. Wow. So That's cool. That people up. people don't associate baseball, but it there are pockets where it's huge in Canada. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Uh huh. That's cool. Everything's a little so, cheaper. So you got there, and, and so you got there, and the, and, this, and the game was seventeen to one. So in that league, are there some pre, sort of pretty big mismatches between kind of the teams in the league, or was this just a great night for you guys? It, honestly, I think it was a great night. Um, One of those I, again, I don't, I don't really know enough. You're um, still, you're still fresh, yeah. Still fresh, but I, I'm sure there's some disparities here and there between some teams, but. Um, for the most basis, part, yeah. it's pretty competitive, and I, I, it was just a day. Like you know, they, they play in a cracker jack box too, so the ball was flying. <laughs> oh, you gotta love that. How many we hit, bats did you we get? We hit something like we. I think we had like seven or eight home runs. Oh no! How many yeah. bats did you get? I got five. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah. Right, right off the plane. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Okotoke dogs. No, I'm just looking it up right now. <laughs> so, so you're excited? It's gonna be fun. You're gonna get your reps in, and uh, and and so. So you're in terms of the quality of uh, the quality of players. So a lot of really high level college players, or what? What's that? Or is it a pretty pretty broad range? It's it's yeah, it's pretty. I would say it's pretty high level. There's some a lot of Canadian guys that go to university here, and then okay. there's also guys from like bigger schools on our team. Okay, uh, it's a good mix. You no, know, there's a guy from Houston. There's a guy from a school in Texas. Oh, okay. Um, so kind of all over. At least the Okotoks team polls. Is it mostly kids that are? In the early twenties, kind of in the late stages, or out of college, or yeah, there's like, there's quite a few uh, like graduated. Um, okay, so kind of in that seniors. twenty-two to twenty-four range, kind of right in there. Yeah, right? I can, there's there can be a few guys. Yeah, that's cool, outstanding. What what uh, what made you select this league or choose it uh, after doing your due diligence? What was your I mean, reasoning? Um, well, I have a I have a personal relationship with one of the coaches. Okay, uh, Andy Peterson. He played at Oregon oh, yeah. State. Oh yeah. Um, hmm. Like in like 2012, so yeah, he oh, yeah. coached. He was a grad assistant my first two years at Oregon State, okay. and so we developed a really good relationship. And then um, I t- I kind of talked to him about because I mean I didn't get drafted, didn't get signed as a free agent, and still want to get reps in the summer before I tr- I want to go try and play in the Frontier League next year. Oh, okay, but it's kind of a weird overlap with the college season and the Frontier mm-hmm. League. And a lot of their rosters are pretty full, so it's like, well, I, I want to play this summer, and you know, especially if I'm going to catch. I didn't I didn't get a catch a lot last year, so yeah. I'll be able to get behind the plate every day, and um, yeah, and especially get my bats in. So it'll be That's cool. It's good. Well, we'll follow you. We'll check it out. Yeah, I'm awesome. right checking it out. I like to see with a Canadian flag on it i think that's pretty that's a pretty nice little hat that's cool oh yeah what's that what's the what's the town like the city like i mean you've had one town's day, awesome i would think of it? calgary so it's based out of calgary gotcha. it's like a little okay. suburb um okay. it's like a small town it's like a smaller scale portland in a sense is it really yeah that's and if cool. anything it might be a little bit cleaner and it's it's right. a nice place to live right mm-hmm. a lot of civic pride and uh will oh yeah that's absolutely cool. people are really nice too just like kind of oregonians so yeah you feel mm-hmm. It, it, coming from Sherwood and then Corvallis, that that probably fits you. Oh that's yeah, pretty, absolutely. That's pretty neat. Yeah, excellent. 
Says he says Zach went yard just after 12, 12 hours after landing. He oh, went yard 12 hours after landing, he went yard. Yeah. What, what are the dimensions, if you don't mind my asking? Oh, the field? Yeah. I, oh, it was maybe 310 down the line and maybe oh, it was, it was like Yankee three Stadium, huh? 360 or 70 to center. Oh, yeah. You and the wind was blowing straight out to, like, right center. <laughs> the pitchers are like, are you kidding me? I'm not kidding. There was, like, there's about oh, 10 no. home runs hit last night. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, you know what? Wow. The fans love it. He, the like, pitchers not so much, but the fans yeah. are loving that. He Pedro Serrano did, yeah. the, like, the feel, and you see the crows. That's <laughs> pretty like, funny. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, 310 down the line. Good. Excellent. Well, enjoy your time. Um, yeah, thank and, you. and good luck. We'll, we'll, we'll follow you from here. Appreciate um, it. And, and keep an eye on you and see how you're doing. And we'd love to uh, if you when you get when you get back down this way, we'd love to have you back on so we could talk yeah. about your check summer in. experience Absolutely. there and check in with you yeah, for sure. Um, so let's let's to to bring this all back around. Let's talk a little MLB to PDX and you know love being a, again like a local guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what does what does that mean to you with Major League the big push for Portland Diamond Project? It's huge. I think I think it's such a good idea, and I think it's something Portland needs. Um, I mean, you've already seen the fan base with the Timbers, mm-hmm. and that's I think that, that's honestly such a cool setup downtown. And then especially if you put a field in the industrial area, yeah, um, I think people would love it. Honestly, um, I think it'd be great for the city. Uh, it'd be great for the state of Oregon. Um, I, we need a, we need a professional baseball team and it's also cool to have the support of, um, you know, you guys like, uh, Russell Wilson and Darwin Barney jumping on board, you know, to advocate. And, um, it's cool when big, especially, especially Darwin Barney, you know, being a hometown guy, um, has the support, you know, of the state like that and wants to like really propel this thing forward. I, I think it's great. And I think it needs to happen. Mm -hmm. What, uh, if you if you are thinking of all these names that you know people have been throwing out there anywhere from the Portland Pioneers to the Portland Mavericks to the Portland Beavers, I mean, is is any name kind of stuck out to you that you you, you like, or are you just kind of personally? Like, I think it would be sick if they brought back the Portland Mavericks. Yeah, yeah, that that's I, actually my that's the one I like too. So i like it and i think you could have an old school uniform too just like mm-hmm. what those guys wore and i don't know i think that would be cool but um i i, I could you know the, the name isn't too much of a big deal i just i think if we could just get a team here you know yeah the mavericks that we've talked to are actually for that yeah yeah you you you, you they 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 like that idea mm-hmm. the old Mavericks yeah. players actually yeah. which i think should carry some weight personally absolutely pretty cool yeah We'd love to, you know, see uh, see you play ball here professionally. That would be for awesome the, for the team. Yeah. That would be great. What would be your intro music? Yeah, what would your walk up? Yeah, Ooh, my walkout. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would oh, yeah. probably say "Another Day in Paradise" by a guy named Quinn. He's kind of like a reggae kind of pop artist. That's cool. I'm a guy that like I like something that's kind of slower and that something I can vibe to. So. Not gonna get you all jacked up and yeah. swinging at something out of the. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. You know, I think uh, I'd That's like cool. either Gorilla Radio, or by or Total um, Eclipse of the Heart, maybe. That yeah, yeah, bad. that that would be great. Um, or maybe it's Rain and Men. You know, <laughs> That's cool too. whatever, teach their own man. Well, yeah, we're we're thinking. You know, we're we're optimistic, and and again, we talked to you know the people we talked to are heavily involved, and they're optimistic, and uh, we're excited. Uh, it just uh, Portland's more of a the Northwest in general. Mm-hmm. Including Southwest Washington, but Portland's more of a, a baseball area than I think people give it credit for. 
Yeah. Um, and you know that. So uh, we're excited. Yeah. Who? Oh, last question. If you could, if you were in charge of the Diamond Project, and then you know Major League Baseball tells you, okay, you're you're getting a team, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, we gotta build a team around a player. Who would that player be, and why? Yeah, you're on the spot now. Yeah, on the spot. Like, are we talking about if I could have any player in the league? It could be a pitcher. It could be a position yeah. player. Anybody? Anybody. Yeah. Oh my goodness got to take into a lot of considerations age skill level personality mm-hmm. let's see um i know i've thrown out players like mookie betts you've thrown out who else have you thrown out altuve I altuve out altuve is a good guy. okay i honestly off the top of my head i really like christian yelich okay. um i really like mike trout mm-hmm. those are probably the top two um, this might be a hot take, but if you could get Adley Rutschman to Portland somehow, yeah, <laughs> yeah oh no, totally. God, up and up and coming, I don't know. I think the people would love him here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm no, sure they would, it yeah. would be great to have some of the the guys that pay, play collegiantly locally, um, or even if they're just local, uh, yeah. you know, a local player. Portland's like that. Yeah, so I, I think that would be that would be fantastic to get some. It of It would those be guys. cool. Build some camaraderie between the players and you know, especially the organization and in the city. So, do you, do you and Rutschman relive your football glory years? We'll we'll talk about it every now and then. I mean, I everyone say, like, like I mean, that's the biggest deal in Sherwood. Like the whole town oh, yeah. like goes to the game on Friday night. Yeah. So, yeah, that's 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 the best. Yeah, relive football glory. Yeah, we're hoping to also have Adley on, and so if he listens to this, hi Adley, get a hold of us. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll let him know for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we. You know, Zach, thank you for um, really taking the time. I mean, you, you you know, you've had a quite busy 24 hours. Yeah. Uh, needless to say, and we really appreciate um, you you coming on and uh, Absolutely. being a part of our show. I mean, that means a lot. Absolutely. Congratulations on a great uh, Oregon State career and being part yeah. of it. Yeah. No, thank yeah, you. Thank you, you guys for, you know, taking the time and um, especially starting a, par- a podcast about baseball in the Northwest. Like, it's oh, much yeah. appreciated. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, we. Uh, I came to Dave with a crazy idea, and he's just like looking at me like a high school, you know, teacher. He's like, why? I just needed why? a healthy midlife crisis, and he provided. Hey, I love it. There we go. There we go, man. <laughs> so uh, next time when you're when you're when you're back in the area, let's get together. Um, Absolutely. You know, let's let's do a follow up from this summer. And uh, I, I, I'm a hat guy, so uh, I you know. I'll be expecting to uh, see hat from your current league. This guy. Yes. It's always, there's always a catch. Hey, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll pay you back. <laughs> I got you. Okay. All right. Thank you again, Zach. Appreciate really appreciate it. it. Um, you have yourself a great day. Um, enjoy your summer and uh, be safe. Uh, be well. and Be productive. And beat the hell out of whoever you play. <laughs> That's right. Hey, no, no, I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me on. Yep. All right. You take care. Have yourself a wonderful All right. day. All right. Have a good one. All right, that'll be it for this uh, episode of the Diamonds and Roses podcast. As always, I'm Ben. I'm Dave. And uh, Zach, again, thanks for coming on. Have a great day. Peace out.